This week on the Podland Trailcasters. Sorry for the tongue tying here. I'm a few drinks <laughs> in and it's late night on my first weekend in like two weeks or so. So, you know, it's, it's, things might get a little slurry. Now, we don't, we don't just go to a PBR and uh, HRD anymore. We go to, for the Añejo, uh, the yes. Caramana, the expensive Caramana stuff, Añejo. the sophisticated oh, so good. Uh, stuff. I'm just trying to uh, do my best Keith over the last few weeks. You see, you you, you have completely fallen off the map. You you are gone. Nobody yeah, knows I, where I, you are. I'm out of service, uh, man. Jesus, you couldn't even make it 37 minutes without breaking the seat. Uh, I had too much tequila already. College, man. It's the best. Because until it happens, it hasn't happened yet. Because this is where you get like the the, the, the right wingers when you want to get political here. Oh boy. This might be an exhausting episode. And James Harden. Like, who is talking about Rodney Hood recently? Me. <laughs> That's fair. I did. This, uh, this Añejo Terramana is is nice man I, I i am fully committed to living the fantasy right now of that damon's just gonna like the, the trade's not gonna go through it's gonna get delayed he's gonna see scoot henderson play this fall and he's not gonna sit out because he's dame so he's gonna want to play he's gonna learn to play better off ball and it'll be it'll be beautiful it's all gonna work out at the end tell me straight face that if you would have traded ant and the third pick and any other assets for Kristoff's, that you would have been uh, over head over heels happy you wouldn't have been Dame asking out does not mean that Dame was lying to you for the last 10 years. It kind of does, though. No, am I, am I crazy? Like, yeah, I, I, you're crazy. I think I, I, I do. I, I, I think you're crazy. I, I think you're crazy. <laughs> Danny Ainge would have traded Damian Lillard already and would have got you uh, seven first-round picks from whatever team he did that to, despite the fact that they can't even trade that many picks anymore. An agent doing dirty work. And talking between the two teams, cool. GMs calling, talking to each other, cool. Uh, a team flying their entire contingency down to talk to a player who's under contract? Not allowed. <laughs> under contract, yeah. Thank you for genuine ranting back and forth. I, 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 This has been nice. I have missed this. All right, you good to go? Yeah. All right, give me a three, two, one. Hello, Rip City! To all of you ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, whether you're in town or out of town or in any corner of these worldwide interrupts, welcome to the Podland Trailcasters and thank you for tuning in. The voice you are currently hearing is none other than the not-so-vanilla hood of a gorilla myself. That would make me Keith Feltner-Smith. It's a late-night recording sesh for Trailcasters because my summer job is squeezing all of the free time out of this sunny season, but never fear because here with me, he's put the girls to bed and is not afraid of the late-night weeknight. To balance this Hawaiian time Oregonian, we have, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues. We call him Mr. Professional because Burke time doesn't stop. Christopher Joseph Burkhardt. If you don't love that guy, there's something wrong with you. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I hate someone listened to Courtside. That's the, <laughs> I, I like that. If you don't like that guy, there's something wrong with you. That's, that's right. Hey, we're having fun here. 
I, I'm just trying to uh, do my best, Keith, over the last few weeks. You see, you <laughs> you, you have completely fallen off the map. You, you are gone. Nobody yeah, knows where I, you are. I'm out of uh, service, man. Yeah, it, literally, most most of the times you are you are off. Uh, uh, in off a, the grid. Uh, by the by the way, totally uh, totally unrelated, uh, but kind of related. You know, intramural <laughs> basketball where you can just everyone would pick random random yeah. team names. Uh, our team name happened to be uh, till four in the morning because that's how often we would uh, stay up till four in the morning playing poker all the time. Uh, and there was nice, one team. Nice. Like there was one team who made their name off in the woods, so oh. that if they lost, other teams would have to say that we beat off in the woods. <laughs> nice. College man, it's the best. Now we don't we don't just go to a PBR and a HRD anymore. We go to, for the añejo, uh, the yes. terramana, the expensive terramana stuff, the, the sophisticated oh, so good. Uh, stuff. Uh, but to bring it full circle here, yeah, I've been. I've been playing the role of you, so to speak, because I've been putting out proverbial fires, uh, the ones on Discord and Twitter, uh, and the phone calls that I get into the radio show while you are putting out real-life uh, flames, like real fires, like could-burn-you-type fires since you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're fighting fires now. So, you know, we're, we're kind of doing the same thing, uh, but not. This summer may not be the summer that we talked about, that we hoped for, that we built up as far as saying we're going to have a summer of off-season pods and movie pods and all the extra stuff. I took all that free time away, but it's been quite a summer nonetheless. Maybe, honestly, in, in the end, we may look back on this and say that it worked out well as far as if I had more free time to really devote to this podcast in this summer... When all this stuff was going on with Dame, it might have gotten no you depressing. You of all people, it might have gotten you, chaotic. Yeah, you needed the uh, the the week and a half to decompress. I've been taking it hard, man. And and then you, yeah, wait. So let me just like put in here. You are kind enough after uh, being aware of all the stuff I've been going through and how I wanted to be more a part of this Blazer stuff going on and just couldn't because of timing of crazy things and the job and all that. Uh, you were kind enough to invite me out to the woods, out to your cabin uh, by the lake to go record a live pod. Yeah, you missed it Dude, by a day. It sounded so ideal. And yeah, just a miscommunication in our DMs. When you were talking about it, I totally thought you were saying that, you're like, yeah, we'll be up there Tuesday and Wednesday. So if you want to come out, come out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I've, I've got one of those days off. Let's make yeah. this happen. I talked Next to Abby. Time. She was in. Uh, it was it was going to be beautiful. And, and yeah, then uh, then I, I, I texted you. I was like, hey, Chris, we're lined up. We're going to come meet you at the cabin. Let's do this. And you're like, oh, we already left. Yeah. Hey, honestly, that's a that right there is a pretty good encapsulation of how the summer has felt. All the build of like, yes, we're finally building around Dame. We signed Jeremy Grant to a giant deal. Let's do this. And then Dame requests a trade. We'll get into all that in a second ago. We will come back to that. First things first. Chris, last week we skipped the love hugs and hate mail just because we were just trying to get the episode in. It's been a while and we just wanted to kind of get one done. But I think now it's it's time. It's time to get back to tradition. The internationally renowned world famous love hugs and hate mail, Christopher Joseph Burkhart. Where's your love going this week? Oh man, my love is going out to uh, my, my, my WNBA crush. <laughs> Kelsey Plum <laughs> dropping 40 points on 14 oh, of 18 nice. shooting. Uh, the other night to, to nice. set a little record there for the Aces. She is a certified, as Enzo Amore used to say in WWE, uh, she is a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach <laughs> that. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's a good one. Congrats. I like it. That, that's a poll. I wasn't sure if we would have the same uh, love this week because my love has to go to the Blazers finally getting a G League team. 
we have the Rip City Remix. I know we talked about this last uh, last week, but we've seen the logo release. We've seen them going old school, the cream jerseys, the logo being kind of this pinwheel cross with the spinning record aesthetic uh, for it. Some interesting facts, I think, from Mike Richmond over on the Locked On Pod. Hey! He mentioned that the name Rip City Remix was thought of by none other than Jody Allen. Does that ruin it for you? Hey, are, are, are you... Are you anti uh, anti remix? If if uh, if this is maybe more of a, maybe a brainchild of of Jody and the the ownership that everyone is so uh, no, so against at this point? Not in the least. Uh, I I didn't understand the uh, the hatred uh, for the Rip City remix out, out of the get. Like there, we got some old heads uh, around here, some of whom I work with, who you all love, um, who are like, oh, it's just stupid and it doesn't even mean it. I was like, dude, it's just it's cool, it's different, like. What, you want them to call them the, 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 the Bluff Town Blazers or whatever since they're over there on the bluff, you know, like uh, the Portland Mini Blazers? Like, I, I love it. And one thing that's interesting to me, too, is like, uh, again, this was the negative I heard from from some of those uh, talking heads you guys don't like that I work with. Like, I don't even like, Shout I don't even out. understand why we use the term Rip City all the time. Nobody knows what that is. Who cares? Rip City's a Portland thing. If you're a Blazer fan, you know what Rip City is. If you're, a a Laker, yeah. if you're a Laker fan and you don't, who cares? Rip City's not for you. If, if no one in New Orleans knows what Rip City means, uh, who cares? Because Rip City's not for you. Rip City's for Portland fans. So it's absolutely connects to the Portland fan base. That's why you do it. it, it they're not out here trying to create some larger brand that's going to, you know, uh, the, the chances of you seeing a Rip City remix shirt while walking through downtown Memphis are slim to none. Uh, so they're just catering <laughs> to the Blazer fans. So Rip City makes perfect sense, guys. Good. Come on, don't be so grumpy. Last episode, we talked about how the games are going to be played at the at PSU at the Child Center, but we didn't have the name yet. I'm I'm a fan of the remix, man. When you see the aesthetic too, it's it's a real nice like again the, the cream jersey, the old school kind of like record spinning vibe. I like it, dude. It's going to be a good feel. I think it's very much what the the Blazers have an audience for this. We have this old school fan base who is maybe not quite as engaged with the team nowadays, and I think some of this could bring it back. They're, they're I think they're go, they're aiming in the direction at least of trying to, to grab more of the Portland audience, and I, I I think it's I I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it. G League is not made for the casual. I think G, G League is made for the basketball heads. Yeah, uh, and I definitely. think it will be interesting because uh, obviously uh, doing this with you and and the people that we've met um, through our Discord shout out hey. link in the bio. Uh, in the episode description, whatever the hell Keith says, <laughs> uh, but guys like guys like Julio, hey! guys, you know, a Sheriff, hey! uh, Team Mom, hey! <laughs> right, uh, uh, Rose hey! and, and Ike, like hey! we got basketball heads in this city, yeah, right? So I, I think it's going to be a, an interesting little spot to go. And you know, again, just like quick shout out to that Discord. Yeah, besides the people Chris mentioned, we've got Sean Hyken, hey! we've got Sage, hey! we've got a number of other podcasters on there, other creators of, of content and art in particular we're gonna have eric our guy eric uh we're, we're gonna get him on the pod here soon but shout out to eric he started a new podcast about this g league team about the city remix kenny's g league uh we were gonna talk with him the other week except he was heading down to vegas i i was about to get him on the pod and i ended up having to stay on a fire late that day i think is what it was i feel like that's come up a number of times recently but and then he headed to vegas so so couldn't make it happen but when he gets back we'll get him on here soon to talk about the g league like you're saying, man, we we've got a lot of we've got a lot of basketball heads in this town, and so it's, the more basketball that we can put in front of them, the better. I'm I'm yeah, excited for it. Absolutely. If I can maybe share one more piece of love here, oh, I'm gonna send, 
Hey, you know, it's it's been weeks, man. We haven't we've we've done like two podcasts in the last like two or three months. So so we're overdue for some love. Bartender, pour me another round. I'm gonna be here for a while. <laughs> incoming rule changes. Uh, sending some love to the NBA's incoming rule changes. They have announced that flops will now have an in-game consequence. The the flops will not just be this kind of thing that gets assessed after there will be a technical free throw four flops in game assessed by the refs not an unsportsmanlike tech so this does not count towards the two techs a player gets before being ejected and this they're also changing this so they're also changing this so it can be assessed after the play is ended sorry for the tongue tying here i'm a few <laughs> drinks in and it's late night on my first weekend in like two weeks or so so you know it, it's things might get a little slurry two rule changes the nba has announced one is that flops will now have an in-game consequence this technical free throw and the other is the coach's challenge. If successful, the coach gets another challenge. I'm not, I don't think this is going to be indefinite. I don't think it's continuous. I don't think if, if the coach gets to the first challenge right, he gets another. And then if he gets that one right, he gets another. I don't think it just keeps going. But no, it's like it's, you would know how this works, but you, you're uh, anti blood sport, so you don't like the NFL. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that, that's how it works. If you get if you get one right, you get you get a, you get your next one. Uh, you, but you don't you don't get them uh, to infinity and beyond. It, it should be to infinity and beyond because why not? But yeah, they they at oh my the very God, least. Could you imagine just like challenging <laughs> at the very every least, single play? I, I'm just excited because we talked about this. We talked about how the the challenge was good, but it didn't make sense to get it right and then take it away from them. We saw many times over the last season where coaches were afraid to use this before the final quarter because you don't want to use it early and then have some game potentially game deciding play happen in the fourth quarter and you don't have a challenge to use so i i think it's good move to increase the number of challenges and i think honestly probably next year this time next year we're probably talking about this again where they're going to increase it again i i don't see why they wouldn't it, it's only going to help plays be more accurate it gives the, honestly it gives the refs more leeway it allows other eyes on the game to say hey you might have gotten this wrong. Let's go and look at it, and they can go back and take a look at it. They're also even adjusting this where fouls and flops can be called on the same play, which, again, Chris, we've seen a number of times last season. When they go back and look at the replay, you see both things happening, and they can't assess both because of some stupid, asinine way the rules were set up. Uh, yeah, excited for the coach's challenge thing. Excited for the flops now having actual consequence, two games. Players don't care about fines, but players care if it affects their team's ability to win. So yeah, yeah, I, I I think it'll be I think this is maybe it's it's better dissuasion from flopping. It's a better way to kind of address it in a way that actually matters to the teams, to the players individually. I did find one thing funny about this though. When I read the the Bleacher Report article about the flops and uh, the coaches challenge change coming up here, the cover photo they used for it was Rodney Hood in a Blazer jersey fouling James Harden in a Nets jersey, and James Harden like oh you know kind of accentuating the the thing to get the call. And the rest of it, like James Harden does. But again, you're telling me that you couldn't find any more recent example of a flop than Rodney Hood versus James Harden. In, in reality, you should have uh, you should have found you know some Dylan Brooks flop since he's done him yeah! quite, a few, quite a few of them. Um, How was that not a highlight? How did they not? <laughs> like even even just for the idea of NBA engagement, like fans are paying attention to what Dylan Brooks does right now after the way the season ended for him. Why could you not find a picture? How do you go with Rodney Hood? Forget about the new rules though. One more love. What about the midseason tourney? You see, we've got a midseason tourney coming up. <laughs> hey, look, it's a lot of love. I, it's not a lot of hate this week, but you know, I, I, I'm just I, we, we've got some love that's backed up in here. We got to make sure to clear these pipes out, Chris. We 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 can't just like we can't just leave things clogged up we, we got to make sure to spread all the love around my hugs are going to nba fans because 
not only do we have those new rule changes we just talked about, uh, and Blazers have the new G League team to look forward to, but we also have a new midseason tournament to look forward to, quote-unquote, look forward to in some way or another. This is going to get interesting, Chris. We've got a tournament involving all 30 teams. They've got a group play round and then a knockout round. The group play round is the winner of each group advances, then two wild cards. There's going to be a knockout round after that, which, again, single elimination. The final two teams who play in the championship will play an 83rd game on the season, technically. Everyone else, this falls into their regular season schedule. So it's not adding a lot in that sense, but I think just trying to keep the interest up in the pre-New Year's part of the season, trying to make sure fans are engaged in the fall side of basketball instead of just the late winter and into spring side. What are your thoughts on on the midseason tournament? How are you feeling about this? Are you excited about the idea? Do you think this is going to be something where players will care about this? Is this something that you think, bro, this is my hate mail. I think this, I, I think this <laughs> tournament is, is stupid beyond belief. Like, <laughs> really? This is this you're, you're a Timbers guy. You guys get it. I know we got the soccer fans in here. Uh, this is CONCACAF. This is this, yeah, very <laughs> like much this, so. that, that's what this very is. Nobody, so. nobody is going to give two that they won the in-season tournament. Like, like, is that the difference in keeping Dame in Portland? Like, oh yeah, not a lot of playoff success, but dude, summer league champs and in-season tournament champs. Like, Portland's Portland knows winning, man. No, it's uh, it's uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think it's going to put uh, uh, butts in seats. Major League Baseball has done the same thing over the last few years. They've we're gonna speed up the game, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna add a right, clock, a pitch right. clock, and we're and it's all this stuff to try to get the fringe fan tv ratings are an antiquated way of judging the success of your league but some people believe that so here's the nba going how can we get those ratings up how can we get those ratings up despite the fact that your (laughs) your league is plenty plenty healthy yeah so my big thing is i just hate when you start to change things about the game that you love to get fans in who don't love the game to begin with you either yeah. love the game or you don't. And, and you know, find ways to get ca- like where is the more catering to you, the basketball head? This is the same kind of thing we talked about with even the root sports stuff, where it's like, why why is the the goal here to get this game in front of more people who don't care about basketball as opposed to giving more content to people who care about the game? The only reason you do do this though, if you are the league, is is money benefits you, right? No matter what. Even though they are making good money, the TV deal is gonna come through. But now just like everything else that they have is sponsored, it was there wasn't. All right, it game thirty five of the of the season, Portland at L.A. coming up next. Game thirty five right, is right. nothing, right? But you can say you know in season tournament semifinals brought to you by Toyota. Yeah, yeah, brought exactly. to you by Toyota, and now sponsorship uh, goes to the roof. That was good hate mail. I've got no real need to contribute hate mail this week because I have plenty of it. Uh, getting into the next bit. So let's just move straight forward <laughs> into the Dame storm. Uh, real quick, basic summary for anyone who's been on vacation and missed all this, and then Chris, you and I can just get into kind of giving our, our takes. End of the season, Dame had the no more 19-year-olds quote, basically talking about doesn't want to develop players. He wants to be competitive. He wants the team to be competitive. He wants the Blazers to build a competitive roster around him, not focusing on developing players and taking years more to actually have a competitive team. The assumption at that point was kind of that the Blazers pick 
plus maybe Penny plus Nurk or whatever else would take would get traded for a star player to fit next to Dame and Jeremy Grant. Uh, since we assumed the entire time that Jeremy Grant was going to get resigned, the Blazers then land the third overall pick. Now this is with Weminyama, Victor Weminyama, uh, being the given number one, and Charlotte picking at number two. Kind of chose best fit over best talent, so right they didn't want they didn't want another young star point guard when they already had Lamelo Ball. So Charlotte goes with Brandon Miller which means Scoot Henderson falls to us at number three. And I say falls because arguably Scoot would have been a number one pick in most years that didn't include a Weminyama. Right. And so this gives Blazers, I think, a lot better value than they ever expected when you went to a situation talking about no more development players. When you have essentially a number one pick type of value, it's hard to just say, like, yeah, let's just trade that and give it up for, for whatever else. Plus, you then take into account that around the rest of the league teams essentially were teams and ESPN let's say were just trying to kind of lowball the value of what the third pick was really worth because maybe you know in their defense no one knew if it was going to be Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson at that point because if if Charlotte went with best talent as as most teams do they would have taken Scoot and so that kind of threw everything off I think as far as maybe pre-draft Blazers ability to kind of talk about hey was this third pick worth to people so at that point, the Blazers had given no signal that they intended to trade Scoot once the once they realized they have the third pick and that's who they were going to get from it. So apparently, it, it it appears that the Blazers would were essentially drafting Dame's replacement, another star point guard, uh, very young, athletic dude, very ready to go from day one. And then after the draft, Dame says he will give Cronin through free agency to sort it out. I don't remember the exact quote, but there was very much the idea that uh, Dame was saying, "Hey, you've got free agency. You've got this next month." Uh, month, the month of July, more or less, to sort out how we're going to build a team around me. During that time, we saw, right off the bat, in day one free agency, we saw Watford get dropped. Uh, we saw word that Jeremy Grant was going to sign a new deal with the Blazers. And then, again, within the first... I, I don't think it was quite within the first 24 hours. It might have been within the first 24 hours, but definitely within the first 48 hours of free agency, we heard from... Uh, I think I believe from Chris Haynes that Dame was gonna demand a trade. Uh, in addition to that, we see reports that Dame only wants Dame wants Miami. We we see reports that Dame wants to go to Miami, and then it's only Miami. It wasn't just that oh he preferred Miami, but that was the only team he'd be happy with. Uh, followed by stories that Aaron Goodwin, Dame's agent, is telling other teams that hey if you trade for Dame, he's not gonna want to play for you. He's gonna be unhappy. Obviously, this hamstrings any ability the Blazers would have to. Uh, secure leverage in negotiations with any team with Miami or any other team and then Monday the Cronin interview he, he speaks to the media for the first time since Dame's trade request and he admits that he hasn't spoken to Dame since the trade request so he hasn't mm. spoken to Dame in almost two weeks admits that he failed at the stated goal of building around Dame basically said I wanted to do more and if Dame wasn't happy with this then I failed him honestly it was refreshing as hell because it was just so not what we ever would have heard from Neil. O'Shea. Oh my God, guys, this is a thing. Uh, cutting okay. you off and dive in on this. Do it, do it. People Get who it. are people who are mad at Joe for saying what he said. Oh, I can't believe he admitted he was a he failed. And see, I told you he's. It was honesty. Oh my That's what God. We wanted Neil Olshay would have looked you dead in the eye and like, yeah, we did. We we tried our best. We built we we built around Dame, and you know we truly believe that uh, Ijubaji is really going to be a piece for us, and <laughs> and he fits the Dame timeline, and you know Shaden's going to make that jump, and and you know we did this, we did that, and we were expecting like dude Neil would have tried to sell you some. He Absolutely. Neil, Neil would have Neil would have pissed on your shoe and told you it's raining, and you would have tried to believe. 
It's just absolutely stupid. Uh, I applaud uh, Joe Cronin for going out there and, and admitting he failed. He did. He did fail yeah. Dame uh, to this point. But the, the one that gets me uh, irritated even more so is um, like saying saying the team failed to build around Damian Lillard. Completely fair. Uh, that is completely fair. That is why uh, guys uh, like Die Mad in our Discord get so upset. I mean, I, I respect I respect Die Mad for the tweet he sent out uh, right after the fact that when Dame asked the trade about how he'd be. I mean, you know, a few uh, choice words, a few expletives, but but just he he admitted his passion for Dame and his passion for the team, and that's why he feels the way he feels, and that's why he likes to ruffle feathers sometimes because he just loves the Blazers, and so to see them not build around Dame hurts, and I get that. What irritates me is when people say that Joe Cronin is a failure. No, Joe Cronin failed at a particular task, but what I don't like is when we sit here and we pretend as if he Joe Cronin was not trying to do anything. Oh, he went, he was going to rebuild around Dame this whole time. If Joe Cronin, Joe Cronin had no intent to build around Dame over these last two years and everything he's told us about building around Dame was, was a fallacy right? He was lying to our face. Then he wouldn't have traded CJ McCollum uh, to get an asset that was easily flipped and turned into Jeremy Grant, which was what? Right. Oh, a guy that Damian Lillard wanted to play with. A guy that Damian Lillard had talks with at Team USA Basketball about playing with each other, and Joe Cronin went and got him, right? And then obviously went into free agency, re-signed him. They needed defense. So what did like the team needed a really, really good defender. So what did they do? They signed GP2. It didn't work out. He found a way to flip that, get out of that, and get Matisse Thibel in, who is a much better defender than Gary yeah. Payton, uh the second. It fit. So so you're trying to get someone who can help you right now. Those moves scream that he's trying to help. And I believe Joe, because you have to look at what was out there in the first place and everything that was reported. If you can't get a very a, a, a trade that you think is valuable for the number seven pick, then don't trade it. And so if, you, if I'm not just going to flip number seven just because everyone thinks I should, um, but if there's no pick out there, or if there's no player out there worth it, then I'm going to draft Shaden Sharp. And then the next year, if I have number three, but nobody's giving me anything uh, of value. And, and keep in mind, you, you Blazer fan, how may it... Uh, Pascal Siakam, would you trade number three for Pascal Siakam? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Ant and, and 23, but three is kind of a high asking price. You all knew that three was three was not going to get you a ton to begin with because the big megastar wasn't out there on the market, right? If, if so, we wanted a big megastar, we had to be ready to overpay. Right. I think that's the big thing. Big, big overpay. Big uh, no, like like yeah. a big yeah. overpay. And I got a thought on that in a second. But, okay, we'll get um, but again, the move wasn't there that he felt was was valuable like he, he he could have got maybe he could have got a pascal siakam for number three but he would have felt that he was getting fleeced on value at the at that point right. and right. and that wasn't worth it so you're back into a corner and at that point you just have to draft the play, best player available and the best player available happened to be scoot henderson all right so uh, i don't think that he wasn't trying i don't think the deals were there look at the deals that went down there wasn't a ton of them and the deals that did go down keith Blazer fans would have lost their mind if they were the ones that went down. The, the one that comes to mind for me is what Boston did with Kristaps Porzingis. I really like Kristaps Porzingis. Last year in Washington, he had a very, very good year. But if, if Joe Cronin 
would have traded Anthony Simons and the number three pick to go get Kristaps. And the reason I bring this up is because the minute Boston got made the Kristaps trade, everyone was like, come on, Joe, make a move. Everyone else is making moves. If Joe Cronin would have traded Anthony Simons and the number three overall pick for Kristaps Porzingis and his $36 million a year contract, Blazer fans would have lost their minds and not positively. Right? I, I Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, but uh, th- this is a spot that I defer a little bit. Go ahead, though. No, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in defer so I can tell you okay, why you're okay. wrong. If the idea was to build around Dame, you have to be willing to sacrifice the future, at least to some extent. There has to be some ability, some, some willingness. There has to be some willingness to overpay for the assets in the same way of what we saw the Clippers. When they overpaid for Kawhi, they did it. Or sorry, when they overpaid for Paul George, they did it because they knew it was also about keeping Kawhi. If we're going to pay for Pascal Siakam or Chris Stapps for Zingas, it's, it's not just about paying for them. It's about paying to keep okay, Dame happy. I, I, I get that, okay? But at some point, eventually, Dame's gone no matter what. Father time grabs him, okay? And so you have to make moves for the franchise at all times. And you can give me pushback. That's fine. But you know for a fact. You, tell me straight face that if you would have traded Ant and the third pick and any other assets for Kristaps, that you would have been uh, over head over heels happy. You wouldn't have been. I, I, I wouldn't have been head over heels happy. Siakam, but it, I, Siakam, same thing. Give up Ant and the third pick for a guy who is not guaranteed to resign and has been very vocal. Unlike Toronto when they take a flyer on Kawhi Leonard, uh, but is very vocal uh, about, no, I, I'm going to work my way back to Toronto. I'm not signing, is, resigning with anybody. And you're this over- is where it does get tricky. Yeah, yes, that's where it gets Siakam tricky. Has- and Siakam's got the bad deal. He's got the one-year deal there, so it makes it really hard to trade for him. Again, so, but Porzingis so that is not it, even that same level. So I know, yeah, it, it's, but I'm just the reason. I, I, I'm not saying Portland should have went after Porzingis. I'm just saying that was the one that when you saw because it, it was a big move for them uh, being Boston. Everyone's like, "Come on, Joe, do something." But where were all the other big stars who moved? Wasn't a ton of them, Keith. I had this call on courtside on Monday, like uh, peep, like uh, 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 a, a caller called in, irritated that. Uh, the Blazers didn't get in on John Collins. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I heard this. I heard and this. I love John Collins. You guys know I love John Collins. I've been in the Discord many a time battling with BMAC over it. I, I, I really want to see how he does it in Utah because I think he needed to change the, change the scenery. I like his game. Why couldn't the Blazers get in on that? Because Utah had cap space. So they could give Atlanta what they wanted, which was cap relief, and they could get John Collins in. John Collins was traded for Rudy Gay in his $6 million contract and a second-round pick. Such an under... Now, so. Portland has a $6 million contract in Nasir Little, but A, Atlanta doesn't want that because Nasir Little's under contract through 2027, and they just wanted something that could get in, give them relief, and get off the books. Okay, so right. they don't want that. Secondarily, Portland doesn't have cap space, so they can't flip a $6 million contract for a $25 million contract the only way to go and got John Collins would have been for Anthony, Anthony Simons because the money matches up. And if Rudy Gay in a second round pick is the going price for John Collins, then if you are offering Anthony Simons up, you are massively overpaying. That's okay, though. Again, it would have been about not just about getting John Collins, but it would have been about keeping Dame happy. I'm willing to overpay to keep Dame happy, to, to keep him that's, in that, John Collins isn't the name that's making Dame happy. So why, why are Blazer fans upset that they didn't ship Ant for that? Again, that, there is a difference between an overpay and a massive overpay. And, here's, and we've talked about this on the pod, Keith. Like I think, I think Collins was in that Ant tier 
Same with OG Ananobi. But if he if if he gets traded for an end of the bench guy in a second round pick, then anything other than your end of the bench guy in the second round pick is not just an overpay. It's 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 just it's just you you've been robbed. It's a very very fine line that Joe Cronin had to toe. He tried. I I firmly believe there was he tried to make moves. It takes two. It absolutely takes two. And there wasn't a ton out there. The things that we talked about uh, ended up not coming to fruition for anybody. For anybody, and you, we talked about this all too. Like, oh, don't trust this thing because there's a lot of smoke, and there was a lot of smoke. We debated if the we debated if the moves were good. Like, was was Zion a good? Would that be a good move for Portland? Some people thought yes. Some people thought no. I personally would have taken the risk because I think Zion's really good. Then the draft comes and goes, and it, it, you come to find out that it, it wasn't true. There was it was never going to happen. But you talked about the moves just weren't there. Okay, and then you get into free agency, and you do the two moves that you're basically allowed to do. You, you give Jeremy Grant his money. You match Matisse Thibel. And this is where I start to get confused with Dame and his camp, Keith. Because what, what did you expect the Blazers to do? Because the Blazers have to, again, be very meticulous with their money. I know for a fact there was interest in trying to see if that was uh, in the going rate for Brooke Lopez. Obviously, it wasn't. He signed, what, a two-year, $50 million deal. He's still getting his 20-plus. So that was off the table. Now, you have to be meticulous here because if you use your MLE or your biannual exception, you become hard-capped. And if you become hard-capped, then you can't make any trades for Ant or Nurk or anybody else to bring you in talent to help Dame. So that's why the only two moves so far that you've seen through free agency are Matisse and Jeremy and keeping, keeping the soft cap going. So whether you trade Dame or maybe you can make this right and you end up finding that perfect deal and Scoot and Ant can still go out and, and you make the deal happen, you, you, have to keep your, you have to keep your cap fluidity. So there's so much more to it than just how come they didn't get those deals done. And I would, I would assume, I would hope that Dame was smart enough to see that. But it just appears that I think Scoot was the straw that broke the camel's back. So there's just so much here that makes it hard for, for the Blazers to make their moves. There are times when the team took one step forward, two steps back. Like, like Norm Powell trade, the first one, step forward. The second one, two I, steps I'm, back. I'm not, th- he had to roll out there with Mason I'm not going to feel bad for him. I'm not going to feel bad for him. He, he's, he signed the extension. He signed up for what he's got at, the, at this point. Like, yeah, the, the, the previous roster were sucky. And... Cronin has done a lot to try and undo that. He's spent the last he did try two seasons. He did to try. I'm not saying he didn't. The, 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 the team failed to build it. a competitive team around Damian Lillard in the for the long because term. Dame cut that's them compl- off. That's Dame completely said they off. would give Cronin free agency to do it, and then tw- less than the so less than two days later, he said, "No, you're yeah, out of time." See. If I'm if I'm playing a poker game and I have a someone banks me and says, "Hey, you like let's like, double your value over this game," then like half an hour into the game or one hour of the game they say hey you're out you haven't done enough for me yet that's on them that's not on me i'm not saying that dame is with this without blame here he didn't even let free agency as you said go through its course before anything was anything happened but he also saw the writing on the wall the biggest trade asset that everyone told you that they had that i said everyone had, that Dan Morang said everyone had, that Jason Quick, that every expert said they had was the ability to trade that number three pick. And when they didn't trade the number three pick and then Joe Cronin came out and, and just gushed over Scoot 
which is fair because I think Scoot's really, really good. What would you? What do you expect that that guy to do? I expect him to sit with what he said he was going to do for the last decade, man. This I is... expect him to say that he like the number of quotes that he's had where he says a ring doesn't matter. Like I've I have enough for my family. I have enough success to be happy. I don't need the ring. I expect him to honor that. I, as a fan who has listened to that and and has built their relationship with Dame with a team around that. I expect yeah. Dame to be our Dirk. I expect him to be the guy that doesn't need to win a ring. He's just happy being here in Portland. Yeah. You know what made Dirk happy at the end? Was winning a fucking ring. No, no. But he, he won was, his Dirk ring. Was gonna be, bro. What happened to... Dirk was going to be in Dallas whether he won the ring or not. He was going to finish his entire career in Dallas. That was the difference. If Dirk didn't win a ring in Dallas, he would be a legend. He would be known as the guy that stayed in that city. And I, if he didn't win a ring, I understand how valuable a championship is. But Dirk's status as a Hall of Fame player was cemented before he won the ring. It, it, Dame could have been that. Dame could be the guy for Portland that Dirk was for Dallas, whether he won the ring here or not. Instead, he's now just a ring chaser like Kevin Durant. He has lowered himself. Dame has lost status by by this whole process, much less the idea of, like we were talking about earlier, how he cut off Cronin's ability to even do what he was asking Cronin to do. You, you can't say, I'm going to give you a month to do this, and then a day into the process say, no, you f***ed up. Like, that's on Dame. Dirk had two seasons his entire time in Dallas where the team was below 500. They were his two last seasons in the league. If you take Dirk or any, any top star, as much as they preach their loyalty, and you put them in the middle of their prime in their early 30s, and you go and you get the number seven pick one year and the number three the next year, and you have not done anything to it, it, it will break the strongest of men. I also just want to point out, you're, you're mentioning that Dirk's uh, Mavericks never were below 500. Outside the last two seasons where the Blazers tanked in, in this rebuilding process, their whole time with Dame, 65, 62, 53, 50, 59, 64, one season of 47, so a little bit below 500, and then 58, and then the, then the two tanking seasons. So they've been a 500-plus team for the entirety of Dame's career outside of one season and then the tanking season. So like, it, it's, he could be dirt if that, he just shut the f*** up and didn't want to put like, all the Put the all the asterisks on it you want. It's not an asterisk. <laughs> You were on brand because you did this on day one, just like so many Blazer fans. You have gone full on uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, double birds, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, uh, and I just, I just, I don't know uh, if, that, if that emotion that you have tied to Damian Lillard allows you to, to think, think this through logically as to what the multiple steps and multiple uh, reasons that, that this could have happened. Again, yeah, the, the end of, of, of Dirk Nowitzki's career when he was, fuck, 40 years old, however the hell old he was, he had a title, dude. He had a title under his belt. That but matters. He, his, his choices were made before the title. He chose to stay in Dallas whether he won a title or not, and Dame did not choose that. Dame asking out does not mean that Dame was lying to you for the last 10 years. Kind of does, though. He, uh, he built his brand on loyalty. He built his brand on saying, I want to be here. And like, he literally had quotes saying, I don't care if I win or not. I have I, the, the, the levels of success that I have are good enough for me and my family. I don't need to chase a ring. And then he said, no, nah, I'm going to chase a ring. That that matters. You're so passionate about this and I applaud you. But uh, this uh, a man asking out because he doesn't feel that the team is, is helping him. Um, makes sense. To, uh, 
I, I can I can walk in. I can walk into any place. Dude, my my former employer that, that you worked at with me, I never wanted to leave that place from day one. I love that place. Totally. If they would have totally. if they would if they would have stayed around and built a built a really good product and, and took care of us, I would have never wanted to leave. But don't you but think they that turned if, their, if... they turned their back on us and the last year we were all ready to leave. Okay, we so just out. On, just on this management pie, can though. make you change your mind. So on this blame pie about Blazers and like blaming management versus player and all that, are are you saying that if if Dame had not made the request a day into free agency, if he had given Joe the full month of free agency, are you are you saying like we haven't even gotten through that yet? Are you saying that Joe wouldn't have had any possibility of, of doing what Dame wanted if he had given the time that he said he was going to give? I don't think there's a lot of moves for Joe to be had. Yeah, the, the moves they could they could they could they couldn't sure. trade they couldn't trade the, the third pick or they didn't want to trade the third pick one and the other he got scoot now he feels comfortable with Dame getting out even though he doesn't want Dame out I don't think Joe wants Dame out I think he wants him here because I think he sees a benefit to 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 scoot playing next to him uh, again Keith I'm not saying that Dame is blameless here. There's a lot of things that could have happened differently over over many years for many different reasons. It does read bad with the fact that he said uh, he all those things about loyalty and wanting to be a blazer. Now Harry is asking out. It makes it worse the fact that he didn't say he 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 wants to be traded and I just want to be traded uh, to I just want to be traded to a contender. I want to be traded to a team that's competitive. I want to be traded. No, it was I want to be traded and I want to be traded to this one particular team. And for all the stuff you said about ring chasers, you want to be traded to the team that just went to the NBA finals. That's weird, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, also, there is so much here that is not Damian Lillard, that is behind the scenes, that is just a, a, a gross and muddy and nonsensical, that it makes it hard to put all of your blame on Dame. Getting back to Cronin's interview, thankfully... He did say he's not eager to trade Dame. He talked about, you know, we are. I don't open think to he is keeping Damian Lillard. Yeah, I yeah. don't think there's a big desire to trade Dame. I think that he's. I think that he's gonna wear a different uniform before this is said and done. But I wouldn't be shocked if on opening night Damian Lillard is wearing repping the pinwheel. Would not be shocked in the least. Wouldn't be shocked if this thing plays out to a point where you know what, he can rectify it because he comes to a sense. Maybe that involves firing his agent picking up new management along the way because aaron goodwin has bungled this so bad if you want to talk about reading into things like joe cronin on multiple steps has signaled a desire to not want to get rid of damian lillard yeah he does yeah. not want it he is trying to play hardball for a rookie uh, as a as a no longer a rookie but as a long young gm uh to to try to have that leverage and if I were Dro, I would see. Okay, I want to see where how Dame looks next to, uh, next next to Scoot and all these guys together. Because you know, maybe there's the deal that comes along, and okay, we want Scoot now, and we want Ant, and we're gonna go give you Kevin Durant or whatever the hell it is. And now everything changes. Things can change. Plans can change. Uh, and so I am just gonna continue to to to. to talk about why this may have happened why i can see dame asking out why i can see management wanting to change uh their 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 thought process but i'm also going to talk about why i think i could see uh, a, a scenario in which dame doesn't end up leaving the whole thing we've seen from goodwin 
Dude, Aaron, uh, and it just of, runs uh, so ca- it just it runs so counter to what we've normally seen from Dame, especially after all the lines about from Dame about like you know oh you're only gonna hear it from me, and then we hear I I I get it I get where he's literally not allowed to respond this part of the process, but damn dude, yeah it just puts a bad look on it. it, it, it yeah, puts, it, and and I get it. It's hard I, to interpret. I, I, there is there is a bad look here, but uh, I think there's a lot of play here. I think I think Clutch is doing some heavy lifting behind the scenes to probably try to get Dame, considering that. Clutch has got a lot of clients to jump ship uh, in recent years. Keep up, dude. Aaron, keep in mind, Aaron Goodwin gets a lot of players young. Aaron Goodwin used to have LeBron James. Doesn't anymore. Aaron Goodwin used right. to have Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant left Goodwin, went to Polinka. Polinka became the GM. So, so uh, KD needed a new agent. KD went went over wherever. But Goodwin had him. Now Goodwin has uh, what M- M- Matisse GP2, who he got paid. By, by by the uh, by the Blazers by fleecing the Blazers, um, he has Demar Derozan, and he has Dame, and if there's any whispers of Clutch trying to do what Clutch does best, and that's get the best players in the league to come join their their good graces, then Aaron Goodwin's gonna go out here and go, I am going to move heaven and earth to give my client what he wants. I don't care who gets in my way or or or, or who I burn to do so. I'm going to do it to prove to all these other prospective clients, look at me, I get stuff done. There's just so much more to it than just player X talks to a GM and wants out. There's so many things at play here. That's why it's dirty as shit because Aaron Goodwin, he he has so much to gain and lose here. Now, Damian Lillard has uh, a little bit of a reputation to lose with the fan base but he ain't losing a dime he ain't losing a single dime because his money's guaranteed and he's getting that contract and that 60 million dollars at the end uh, in that final year whether he's in portland miami uh or dallas or brooklyn or, or milwaukee or whatever or any team he's getting his money but aaron goodwin yeah, can, runs paid. the risk of losing a client or proving to a bunch of prospective clients that he gets the job done and adding clients works, yeah. to his books or taking his client right now and putting him in Miami, which he feels is more marketable than Portland, which means he can get his clients more deals. And what happens when you as an agent get your client deals, Keith? You get a cut. You make money. Don't hate the player, just, hate the game, right? It's just it's just so much not about the game though. It's just so much <laughs> not about basketball. It's just all this And I feel that and it never has been. It never has been. It. It's the it's the business of basketball. Um, it just sucks. So what, even if Dame goes to Miami or whatnot, I still have I still have point nine in my kitchen listening to wheels. Never forget it. Dude gave you his all while he was here. We're gonna just erase all that and now he's public enemy number one. I it, tell you, I said it, I said it, I said it on radio, man. I said it on radio. Little did we know, little did we know that Batman can apply to everything because you you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, and we're yeah. seeing no, it play damn out right. in real time. Damn right though, he should have died the hero. Like it doesn't it doesn't take away it doesn't take away everything he's done for us before. It doesn't like diminish like the 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 amazing moments we've had, the point not shot and all the rest. But it does diminish his legacy. And if if you you're not gonna die the hero if you choose to go somewhere else. What he should have done is stuck with his narrative and died the hero up here in Portland, whether he wins a ring or not. That that's the way it should have gone. Fortunately, 
The latest reporting is saying after Joe's interview, saying that Blazers could wait until February to trade Lillard. My question to you, Chris, why stop at February? I, like, why would we even say that he has to be dealt by the deadline? He's got three years left on the contract, and that's even before the final year where he, where he has a player option. We've seen Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and even Kobe request trades that didn't go through immediately, and Kobe's didn't go through at all, like you and I mentioned earlier. But I see no reason why Dame must get traded by February, let alone must get traded right now in the offseason. This could be a thing that stretches out long term. It doesn't it doesn't need to be done even this season. And it really. should. I mean, I mean am I wrong? It, it should. It's I think it benefits Joe Cronin to absolutely let this thing play out. I, I, I think you look at what, what goes on right now, um, Keith, and I think right now, Miami feels like they have a ton of control. Miami feel okay, he said he wants to play here. He has told them he doesn't want to play anywhere else. His agent is saying that if that no one else should trade for him because if he sh if they do, they're going to get a disgruntled star and he's not going to report. That's also a complete pile of bullshit because you guys all know Damian Lillard. And part mm -hmm. of the reason Damian Lillard is irritated in Portland is because sometimes they've sat, ha sat him for tanking reasons unwillingly uh, and the dude just wants to hoop. So I don't he could be traded to the worst team in the league. He's going to put a uniform he's on. He's going to play. Uh, he's going to put on a uniform and play. Keeping a yeah. Damian, a healthy Damian Lillard out of the lineup uh, is just not going to happen. He's traded to Boston. He'll play. He's traded to Milwaukee. He'll play. Uh, I, I, that is, that's Damian, the Damian Lillard we know. And that's why I truly believe that, 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 that the, the only person doing the talking is Goodwin because everything else is just totally anti Damian Lillard. Uh, and I don't think Damian Lillard has lied to us in the league. Uh, but again, to, to my original point with Cronin here, is Miami thinks they hold, they hold all the cards. He says he wants to play here. We're the only team involved. But what if Cronin waits? What if he waits till February and Miami is the seventh best, best team in the East and Boston thinks they're a piece away because they're sitting at three and they give you the best offer for Dane. Right. Or Milwaukee says, you know what? Uh, we, we like our pieces, but we really, really want the true point guard next to Giannis so Giannis can just do his thing and draw some defenses. And Portland gets into a conversation like right now, like think right now the conversation with with Miami is who's going to be the third team to go take Duncan Robinson and 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 uh, Tyler Hero, Tyler and, Hero and, and yeah. give us some pick. But what if Milwaukee got in there and they said, OK, we want Dame. We feel that we can move these up. Uh, we'll offer up Chris Middleton. What if Boston calls and they're like, OK, it, it matches money wise. We still think it's fine with with Tatum and Porzingis. Uh, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Jalen Brown for for Damian Lillard? I think it benefits you as a GM. And no, again, Blazer fan, I'm not saying those are the two trades that are happening or any rumors to those. I'm saying it benefits you because a team in the right spot that thinks Dame can benefit them at the trade deadline, I think, can give you quite a bit uh, to go get him. Again, look but what it did for Brooklyn and the haul they got for Kevin Durant. And, and again, though, I'm not, I, I, I think it's important to remember, it doesn't even have to end in February. There's no reason, if we got to this point next year, if we were in July next season, Blazers still control two years left of Dame's contract plus a player option. So that is still plenty of value for a team to trade for. What if? I, there's, there's no need to take an undervalued package right now. First, I ask you, Damian Lillard asks, asked out over the summer. Damian Lillard on media day walks up to the podium, still in Portland. He has to finally address everyone. And he, whatever, it don't matter what he says. You, season ticket holder, 
first game in Moda. Are you booing or are you cheering Damian Lillard when he gets announced? If he's dressed as a blazer? If he's still wearing a blazer uniform on opening night in Moda. I'm cheering the fuck out of him. He's still, you're you're, you're going to try to send a message, right? See, that, yes, and, that's, sir. and that's my point. For, first off, that's part of my point because you, you just outed yourself. This has less to do about Dame and more to do about the uniform that he may or may not wear. Because if he's still in to... Portland... Even I'm a Blazers if, fan. I know, I know, yeah. I know. But here's the thing: you just said you're mad at him for everything he said. But if he still is wearing a uniform on day one, despite everything he said, all is forgiven because that's what hey, you're, you're worried more about that. But then this is why I asked. We ask can that make though. amends. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I think I think so. Uh, but that's why I asked that, Keith, because I think there's also this this forgotten point too. What if? Big what if? I don't think this is happening. But I told you, I like to talk about all the possible scenarios. But what if? Scoot Henderson pops and Shaden Sharp makes a big jump. Nurk stays healthy. Dame is a Blazer day one. And come trade deadline, Blazers are a top four team in the West. Are you still looking to trade Damian Lillard? Or are you in buy mode? Are you, are you back oh, now God. in a comfortable spot where you... Now you're not worried so much about who who you're getting rid of, and you are calling every single team, and you have you you have caught you have already traded Nasir Little to Chicago and unlocked those picks, and now you're calling everybody to say, "Hey, uh, Ant, and, and how many, however many first round picks you want are available, and we're we are." I'm talking this about this is one of those. It's again, not done, baby. But I think there's mad incentive here, Keith, for Joe Cronin to say, "Nope, we're gonna wait this out," because again. If Damian Lillard is healthy, doesn't matter what uniform he's wearing. He's playing. I think that there is a rising possibility that Dame would still be on the roster at that point in the end, like starting this fall. Uh, My personal it's, it's, gut feeling, and again, I, I, I think I think I'm in the I, I think I'm in the the minority, the the smaller group here in the corner. because uh, I like I know Dwight and Chad don't think so. Um but 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 my personal gut feeling is that he's he's starting the season with Portland. Um, again, yeah, that's I, not I, yeah. that's not sourced. That's not talking nope. to anybody. Um, that's just gut feeling here because I think it benefits um, Joe Cronin. Not yeah, not only benefit yeah yeah it benefits Joe Cronin to wait a minute, and there's just no real incentive to move quickly. There's a lot more incentive to incentive and history from what we've seen from Cronin already to move slowly to take the time and kind of wait this out. All right, before we pivot to summer league, this is a question I ask you. I want you to take. Poker, you you brought up earlier, and poker is a good good a good reference because everything that you're trying to do, if you're Miami and you you see this brand new poker player out there, you might bluff a lot more often than you normally would if you were playing you with a bunch of pros them. at the table, right? Because yeah, you sure. know that those pros know all your reads and they know all your tells, but this one this new guy doesn't know your tells yet, and so but you're gonna try to bluff like him. Danny Ainge doesn't get bluffed. So when you go, when but he Cronin goes into it, an... either when Cronin has Mike Schmitz behind him, he shouldn't be getting bluffed either. Mike, like, Mike I, I, dude, I, I, but Mike Schmitz hasn't been in those GM rooms. Man, it just like it's... like like Joe, like Joe, like Joe, like there's 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 levels to this. Like this is not a, a Joe Cronin hate or or anything or to say that like, he's the only one. Like any GM in these situations, man, they're like Masai came out of essentially nowhere. He was in the NBA Africa League for a little bit, right? And then he suddenly was an assistant in here. Like he didn't have some long running like decades of experience before he became some like power broker as far as being a GM. He just he was just stubborn. 
He just basically said, no, y'all, I'm going to date what I want or we're not going to have a deal. And people made deals with him. So why is that different from Portland? Like, like why can't Joe just say, no, y'all, I know what the value is of the third pick. Give me the value or else. Like, how many, how many mega deals has, has Ujiri gone out and done that made you go, this guy's the best GM in, in, in the NBA? He made one. He made one. Just the quiet deal. Yeah, yeah. And it was a massive risk. The, 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 like the, the team that, 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 like they stood the most, the gain, but day, like it was a risk because you were taking a rental. The rental ended up getting you a championship. But if, if Kawhi Leonard doesn't make that miraculous baseline shot over Joel Embiid and co and Toronto, literally like four or five yeah, rebounds and or Kevin five, Durant uh, doesn't match. blow his ACL or not ACL his, his Achilles. And like Toronto doesn't win that because every, that was everything that everyone talks about that being the asterisk championship. If Toronto doesn't win that championship, Keith, the, the, the narrative around Ujiri is a lot different because then you're like, you sold the face of your franchise, one of the greatest Raptors ever to get a one-year rental and don't even have a title to show for it. Mm, it changes. It does. It does change. It does, it does change. change. It does change, but that, that's also part of why I just I can't credit Ainge for being that special other than just being stubborn. He, he's stubborn, he sticks to his guns, and he doesn't get scared by all the politics and all the ESPN analytics and all the rest of like, the, the, the reports and the journalists. He just says, no, I'm doing it my way or nothing. And people eventually say, okay, fine. And I think that's what Cronin has to do here. If Cronin wants to be like Ainge, he has to wait it out. He has to stick here and say, no, I'm not trading Dame for that bull Miami package. And say, like, oh, we're going to wait on this or we're not going to trade him. And then either, like we said before, either Dame comes around and says, you know what? I can work with Scoot. I can work with what you guys got going on here. Maybe something comes around and maybe then we make one more Just, piece in a year or two from now. Maybe then we have something. Or he says, fine, I'll trade Dame, but not for that Miami package. I'm going to trade Dame for the best thing for the Blazers. That's what Dame wants. I'm going to trade it for the Blazers. I, I, that's the, the only way Cronin can, can be compared to being a good GM is if he says, Dame's needs we're going with what the team needs above all right yeah. like that's what made Ainge what he is is, is that he didn't settle yeah but that's what we're saying what, what made Masai what he is that the one time that he had an option is he didn't settle yeah. Danny but, Ainge so, knows again, what he's we're, doing we're talking about no knows what he's doing he's trading away players that no one thinks has any value like even the, the GMs at that time are not thinking Sebastian Telfair has value and getting the one piece back that, made, that, that works on the end like this would be like the, the Kevin Garnett deal, like what he gave away for Kevin Garnett at that point. This would be like if we traded Simons and Nas and pieces for Pascal and, and then Dame, Pascal, Jeremy Grant, and Nurk were the core to what we needed to make a, make a real run happen, even if it was like a couple moves later, a couple years down the line after that. His moves worked out, but he didn't do – he didn't – like. He's, he's not so f***ing genius from what I can tell from these moves. He just, he got people to, he, he was stubborn and he made, you, he made sure that no one was going to take advantage of him. You crack me up. Like, you crack me up. This guy who doesn't like to deal unless, he, unless it completely benefits him, who every single trade he has made has been a winning deal for him and his team and has worked out. And you're still trying to find a way to poo-poo this man? No, 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 I'm, I'm not poo-pooing him. I'm saying he's not special. He's just really, what, what it, he is. No, he's, what, he's the what, great what it, Popovich of front office general managers. <laughs> and I'm saying what has made him 
what has put him in that spot. It, uh, he he's not some genius. He has he doesn't have like a bigger brain than other people do. He, he's stubborn. The same way that people are giving Messiah a lot of credit for being a great gym. He's not a great gym. He, like you said, he made one good move and then he's been stubborn. What Joe Cronin needs to do is be stubborn. Don't trade Dame for anything less than the best package you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And if, 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 this, if, if see we, that if, I can agree with. You seem to work on your delivery, or you were <laughs> on Danny Ainge trying to make it sound like he was bad. The, the dude's one of the best GMs I'm in not the saying history he's of this bad. game. I'm, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that what has made him good isn't some amazing he he's he isn't some savant he's not here making moves that no one else sees no he just doesn't give up he's no. just a bulldog it's he's not a bulldog that's all not, it is he's just a dog it's not stubbornness as much as it is not giving a flying f if you piss people off along the way you have a job to get done so you're not worried about who you upset in toronto you're worrying about who you keep happy in utah or boston yeah. at that point stubbornness is a major part of that so yes you need to be stubborn there like there is a reason keith and you know this there is a reason that people say nice guys finish last because yes, every once in a while so. you have to be an asshole now danny ainge i'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would say yeah he's an asshole he's an asshole <laughs> when it comes to dealing with him and then do a business 100%. with him that's it and so you're right joe cronin to this point has been pretty damn nice needs to be a little bit of an asshole final topic here before we get out we'll save the rest for next week because we can just keep going on it's been too long my friend thank you for all of this scoot shaden and summer league scoot was looking good then he hurt his shoulder in what like the third quarter of the first game of summer league it, to be fair he lasted longer than shaden did shaden hurt his yeah, shoulder on three the minutes. first jump shot it would yeah, like not the first jump people, shot and people court. start and people want to lose their <laughs> mind i'm not even upset i like i'm just like dude like it's it's uh, a, a Blazers top pick getting hurt in Summer League is just a rite of passage at It's this just point. what it does, yeah. What you do. Uh, how about Shaden, though? Uh, obviously, we wanted to talk about Scoot. We, we were hoping that we would be able to talk about uh, Scoot Henderson for uh, what he's showing us. I, I'm not even worried about him. I don't feel like he has rust to shake off. I don't feel like he has to get used to the NBA game. He's already been playing with G League at night for... Uh, two seasons, right? Like he already knows what the NBA is gonna look like. I, I feel like I'm seeing a little bit of rust with Shaden. He, he's 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 looking good, but he's not looking polished as much as I was hoping. No, I'm not. I'm not worried uh, about that in the least. It's it's similar to, um, again, like the the, the Pat Connaughton, Jake Clayman year where they they both looked terrible uh, in what was I believe like their third year at summer league. Again, you're, you're, right, you're, you're right. playing with a bunch of guys who aren't going to make your roster. You're not even playing with the point guard that you're going to be playing large chunks of time with this year. Cause he, he's out, uh, guys aren't in the right position. You're just kind of going uh, to wherever the ball takes you at some point, uh, not worried. So you got to look at the little things. Like I, like if the, like what he had like the over eight or over nine night, like, like this, like, dude, like, like, the shot doesn't bother me. The shot's going to come. How is he moving? How is he looking? Like, you cannot tell me that the dude does not look competent beyond belief, which I think is huge because I think early in, in last season, the thing he was lacking was that confidence, like that, that trust in himself. He hadn't played any basketball for a year. And the last time he played was high school. And now he has to get step on the court and, and look across and, you know, see LeBron James. And that's intimidating. But now he's, he's playing with that confidence. Uh, and you love to see it. So I, I'm not worried about him uh, in the least. In fact, the Blazer that I have been uh, most excited to watch uh, in Summer League 
and again, friend of the show, Mac Deuce is, is gonna love it. But I've I've loved Jabari Walker. I think I think Jabari has bulked up, dude. Um, yeah, defensively, I think he's good. Uh, obviously, hard to do that in summer league. The the shot looks improved. Still some work to do offensively, but it, you can tell that he's put work in. And again, the biggest thing is I thought last year um, on both sides of the ball, more so offensively, but even defensively, uh, he he looked kind of like. Not on the same level, but like you remember early Greg Brown where like he just looked lost. Like he just couldn't figure out where he was supposed to be. Like Jabari had that going last year and so far through summer league. Like yeah. I feel like he has a he has a, a better knowledge base of where to be and, and how to get there, where to get the ball moving. Um, so he is it's the one that I think. It's more instinctual too. Exactly. So so he's the one. Like I think BMAC talks a lot about like him playing more of a playing a small ball five, you know? And, and like I think the Blazers see that because other like that's what I think that's what allowed them to just so easily move off of Drew Eubanks despite, despite the fact that Drew signed a freaking like vet min deal with Phoenix right like I think they see a situation where they can put uh, Jabari in there and if something goes really bad they do have like a, an Ijubaji that they can bring up or, or whatnot um, but man I I'm just really intrigued I think if there is a a player who can make that massive second year jump and go from end of the bench guy playing at the end of the year when it was tank time to actually being a, a part of the rotation. I think, I think Walker has a really good chance. Yeah, dude, Jabari Walker. He, he's looking good. And it's that instinct. Like you were saying where he just, there's less of a delay. I feel like what you would see from him last year would be, he'd get the ball. And there was that kind of like, you'd see him looking around the court uh, kind of needing to assess oh, and yeah. needing to kind of think about what he's going to do this year. You see him get the ball and he just pivots and goes downhill. Yeah. He just looks like kind of get downhill immediately. He, he, he knows what he's going for. He knows where his strength is. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what Jabari gives us in the, in the, uh, in the actual regular season. Court. <laughs> Whose future is more locked in as a blazer scoot or Shaden? If they trade, <laughs> if they trade Damon Lillard, it's scoot. It's absolute scoot. <laughs> um, I, I I bring this yeah. up because in 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 deals in in any some of the negotiations some of the rumors that we were hearing about before this, there almost seemed more of a willingness to trade Scoot than to trade Shade. And I'm with you where drafting Scoot very much seems like drafting Dame's replacement. But at the same time, the level to which they seemed like the, the level to which Cronin and team seemed to say. No, no, no. Cro uh, uh, Shaden is not on the board. Shaden's not part of yeah. the deal. To your point about Damian Lillard and how I asked if you were going to cheer him um, if he was still a Blazer on day one, he, despite everything he said, uh, the reason it was easier to say trade the third pick and Shaden is untouchable is because Scoot wasn't officially a Blazer yet. Scoot was just a name that you threw out there who you didn't care about. The minute you drafted what? him, you're like, yep, that's our guy now. And I think that it's, it's I think it's pretty clear which one of those two uh, at least based on hype uh is is the better player so yeah i think i, I think it's good. I'm, I'm with you the screws i'm with you the screws is a better player on paper but honestly i don't think this was even just about before the draft i i'm with you where before the draft i mentioned this earlier i think part of the reason joe cronin had trouble making a trade before the draft is because people didn't know if the third pick meant scoot or meant brian miller yeah no one knew what what charlotte was going to do that that inhibited our ability to make a a, a good package pre-draft then post-draft immediately after the draft you start hearing, hearing all the stuff from dame cuts the leverage off blah blah like we've talked plenty about already but 
I think there was post-draft. Once we knew it was Scoot, I think there were still some oh, yeah. rumors, some well, some still possibility here and there where they talked about the 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 idea from Cronin's camp seemed to be that they are, were less willing to trade Shaden than they were to trade Scoot. And I just I'm curious what that says about uh, Shaden's potential, or um, what what his ceiling could be. I don't know. We'll see when when we get there. We'll just watch the rise on this elevator together and have some fun with it. Personally, I'm excited because everyone automatically. Uh, thinks that um, you know Ant's going to be out the door too, and I see a ton of incentive to keep Ant. I I can see a situation, Keith, where you go into next year and you start you start Scoot and Ant one two, and you just continue to grind with Shaden to make him your 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 sixth man off the bench, and then he can come I can in. I totally agree with that he can come in. He can play minutes at the three. He can come in, he can sub in for Scoot and allow you to move Ant to point guard and let Shaden play the two. Or he can come in and sub in for Ant and play the two while Shaden stays at the one, which gives you a little bit more of a rotation flexibility than if you do have Damian Lillard. Because if you have Damian Lillard, uh, then Scoot is not getting his full complement of minutes because you can't you can't sub Scoot in at the one and then put Dame at the two. He just Dame does not play well. Uh, in that two spot, he, he he's a one through and through, right? This particular three guard manifestation feels just a little bit more comfortable than previous iterations. Okay, so that was gonna be my closing question: Is who, whose future is more locked in as a Blazer, Scoot or Shaden? Sounds like you're taking Scoot by a hair over Shaden, kind of uh, by a hair. Like, but I think both of them at this point are pretty locked in, man. Pretty locked uh, in. Uh, okay, okay, so. Uh, the, the the other final question that I have here, then we're gonna go with like the the final question uh, number B, would be who is more likely to be a Blazer in the fall on on day one of the regular season, Damer or Penny Simmons? No, oh. because we've talked about we we've talked about Dame being you know maybe they wait on this trade, maybe they don't trade him uh, before the season, maybe he's here through the deadline or likely? next year, or whatever. Who's more likely? To more be likely to be a Blazer on day on one. Day one. It's it's Ant, but I think without question, oh. um, which is crazy because again, you asked me uh, that same question at the end of the season. I thought the writing was on the wall that we had watched uh, our last Anthony Simons game. I don't think we have now. Yeah. I think that's a little bit here, Keith, too. That stings a little more so with Dame is if you just got one more time. Right, as a fan, you got one more time to cheer him on with all of your 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 throat power till you're blue in the face and you have no more air in the lungs, and then he gets traded the next day. At least you know that you watched his last game and you, and you enjoyed it and you had fun. You did it's not a very know good point at this point. You did not know that the last time Damian Lillard stepped on the court, yeah, which dude. was game like 60 something against Brooklyn. Like February, yeah. yeah you did like not it. know that what you watched may have been the very last game he ever played as a Blazer. The closure I on confident that saying sucks. it wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We all would have, man. We all would have. If you would have asked me the question at the end of last year, what are the chances Dame gets traded? I'm telling you, zero. This is Damian yeah. Lillard we're talking about. I said that up till the day that he requested a trade, yes. man. I so guess. again, that's why I've I've said this multiple times to you, especially as we got heated in our debate. Like I get why you're passionate about it because this is the this is the least likely scenario you ever saw playing out, and now it's playing out. Um, but yes, that one I think hurts a little bit, even for me who tries to take the fan side out of it. Is like 
not knowing that what you you watch Dame, you know, play his last game. Like even if like a guy is traded at the trade deadline, right? Like if Dame were traded at the day the 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 trade deadline, the game he played the night before or two days before is still fresh in your mind. So you know, okay, that was like you don't you didn't know. So you can't remember even how many points he scored in that last game that he played. So it's I couldn't tell you, yeah. There you are. It's weird. Well, I, I, I'm going to stick with the idea that Dame is not done as a Blazer. I think, it's enti- I think it is more likely by the day that we do not see him move before the season starts. So I, I am, um, I am, I'm holding out the sliver of hope because I think there, I think there is a non-zero percent chance that, that the situation could change, uh, that the relationship could be rectified. Um, and that Dame could be here. It would take a lot of fixing, though. And, uh, you know, yeah. pun intended for you, a, a lot of fires would have to be put out, right? Um, <laughs> and it would require, with, obviously. Not so with Dame, but with his camp, with all the people oh, around it would him, be, man. It There's would some be, drama it, going it's, on it's, there. It's obvious you need to, uh, you need to come in, and, and you need to fire your agent, and you need to tell your family to shut up. Um, yeah. His family's, not, his family's not doing him any favors. On, on social Brookfield, get off twitter yeah uh they're not doing him any favors on social and you know quite often uh, uh those family members and it's not a, not a dame thing you see it online all the time like uh family members saying stuff that aren't coming from the player's mouth it's just a family member venting their own frustration with what's going on and what they're reading because they're a fan too they're just more invested in dame than everybody else is right um, so yeah, I think that's the type of situation where you just got to tell anyone who could have anything, uh, misconstrued for you. Just, yeah. Dude, just, just get off. I don't need my, yeah. my brothers and cousins and I don't need anybody, uh, tweeting this stuff out or just adding fuel to the fire. Brookfield log off Twitter, bro. Uh, Aaron Goodwin, three of your four active players are Gary Payton, Matisse Thibel and Dame Lillard. Blazers want nothing to do with you, man. Like, uh, just, ah, uh, just, ah, uh, I'm done with it. Done with it. But yeah, it, it, okay. Oh, we, we could keep ranting. I could keep going. But I, I feel like that's a pretty good place to kind of give a break here. My rants are more passionate when they're here with, uh, with uh, Keith here. Because when I'm on the radio, I just talk into the void. Here, I got this guy rolling his eyes at me about ready to walk off. Because he's, he's a passionate little fella. Uh, but it's fun. Well, not only that, but we have the Terramana Añejo tequila over here. Yeah, you had too much it, it of it. It adds to the fire. You're getting irritated. You're, you're an angry guy. <laughs> you haven't seen nothing yet, man. Just wait till we actually get the trade going on here. I'll, I'll go through a whole bottle on the, on the pod. We'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes, and we'll see how the trade talk goes. We'll see what the roster looks like in the fall. We're going to have more podcasts before then because finally we're going to start working out some more time here. I'm going to make some demands of our federal government. But for now... In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, all of you, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Please come and join the fun on the Trailcaster Discord, which I haven't pumped a single time this episode. I'll make sure to go back and fit that in. Go go plug in some, some bits earlier in the pod. Thank you again, and please come back next week or next month or whenever the next edition of the Trailcasters is. We will be here. We love you. We thank you. Good night.